Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Happy Tuesday, 6.08. Mark Aram and crew with you till 8 in the p.m. Going to do a split show again, 6 to 7. Hopefully have some fun and frivolity. And then 7 to 8, impeachment trial recap. Eric Erickson and Bill Crane will join us for that second hour. Little Sanjay's joining us in 30 minutes with Would You Rather. There comes a time in all our lives, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, roles get reversed. And now I'm not talking about Chuck cross-dressing or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, when you're when you're a kid... No offense, Chuck. I say that before he gets his headphones on, so he can't hear what I'm saying. Um, well, I heard you. <laughs> oh, you did good. Um, I'm talking. You know, when you're a kid, it's and, and you know this, Longoria and 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 Chuck. Yeah, I've been as, a kid. As yes, as parents, one. your job number one is not working on the Mark Aram show. It's not getting Erickson's dry cleaning. It's keeping your kids safe. Right. Yes. That's your oh, number yes. one job right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Keeping and them that, alive. That will be your job for X number of years. But there forever. comes a point in anyone's life. No, not really forever. Well, because that flips, and it's flipped for me, where the roles are reversed now. Now you're trying to keep your parents. I'm alive? trying to keep my parents safe. Like that's my, like no longer are they my caretakers. I care for them. I mean, not to the point where they're in hospice care or anything sure, like that. Sure, but sure. but they're all they're over seventy now, and I worry about them. Online scams. You always talk. You hear about people getting scammed online. Blah blah blah. Uh, but I never really thought about I have to I have to worry about their physical well-being, except for, you know, disease and old age stuff. But there's a story I saw today on Channel 2. Now I've got another thing to worry about my parents. My dad's uh, in his early 70s. And the last thing I would ever thought would happen to my dad would be he get punched in the face outside of a grocery store. But that's what happened today in Duluth. Joining us with the story, our buddy from Channel 2 Action News, uh, she's an around-the-way girl, Taisha Fernandez on the Mark Aram <laughs> Show. Hey, Ty, how are you? Hey, Mark, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm, I was good until I saw your story out of Gwinnett County. 77-year-old man gets punched in the face. Why? What happened? Listen, you know how much I love my dad. My dad is around that age also, so this one kind of hit me hard when I heard about it. So it was 4.30 in the afternoon last week. 77-year-old man walking into the Kroger on Brazelton Highway, and he sees uh, a group of people parked in the fire lane. He tells them, you can't park there. I imagine there were some other words exchanged. He says all he said was you can't park there. He walks into the store. A woman who was in that car that was parked in the fire lane walks up to him. It's all on camera. She says something to him, and then... The guy she was with punches him in his face so hard, it must have busted a blood vessel right there on the bridge of his nose because blood was pouring everywhere to the point where the police thought it was a different kind of injury because there was so much blood. Punch this guy. He's on the floor, and people are just looking like, I know this didn't just happen. And they take off. By the time they get there, by the time police get there, 
he's gone and they haven't identified him and have not arrested him. And when I was talking to people in the plaza and just customers, they just were like, you just have to be afraid to say anything to anyone. And let me tell you, you know this, Mark, because you know my dad and all his people. Yep. He's from Boston. He will tell somebody to get out of the fire lane. <laughs> exactly. I know he would, and probably not nicely. But I told him, you cannot Nowadays, you've got to mind your business. Yeah, it, it's so funny you say that. So my dad is one of you know you guys have met him, uh, Chuck and Longoria and Deb, like the most outgoing guy. He talks to everyone to the yeah. point where, like, even in a restaurant, every he's just he's stopping by tables. Hey, how was the meatloaf? You know, it's just like <laughs> he's that outgoing, and he is a yeah. kind of guy that would be like. And and do it in a nice way. Um, he'd be like, "Hey, d- you know, don't park in the fire lane." Like trying to be helpful. Like, "Hey, you're going to get a ticket." And then right. or towed or towed. Exactly right. Uh, what, do we know are, are the suspects in custody? Do we know who they are? Do we have a no. video camera? Anything? Gwinnett County Police. They don't know who he is. The the the, the women he was with. They pretended not to know him once police got there. I don't know how further police got in their investigation, but I know they're not releasing the video just yet because they are still investigating this case. They don't have anybody in custody. And, you know, the guy interviewed, he didn't want to give his name because this suspect has not been arrested. Yeah. And obviously, this is his neighborhood, Kroger. So he's just like, you know, wow, I just never thought that could happen. And I felt so bad for him. I, I, it was, I it's it's crazy. I mean, if if it happens to someone my age or younger, like, but a seven, like, a, what, what's the incentive of punching an elderly man in the face? I don't get that. Something is wrong with you. And when I pitched the story in the newsroom, everybody thought it was the 77 year old man who punched the guy in the face. I'm like, no, no, no. No, the other way. He got punched. Yeah. Yes. Do yes. it. How, how, uh, let me, let me ask you this. Do we know the approximate age of the assailant, the guy that punched the 77 year old in the face? Witnesses said he like he was mid-20s to mid-30s. Oh, my he goodness. Was about, yeah, he was over six feet, kind of a slim guy, um, and that's, you know, they, he was out of there so fast. You know, I, I was hoping police would release the video so at least somebody could yeah. try to identify him. You know, that reward money makes people call Crime Stoppers. Maybe maybe we'll see that as the story develops. Tysha Fernandez from Channel 2. The story's on WSBTV.com if you want to check it out. Follow her on Twitter as well, Tysha WSB. Uh, Tysha, always good to talk to you, my friend. Give your dad a big hug for me, will you? Yes, I sure will. Always good to talk to you, Mark. All right, yeah. take care, buddy. Her dad makes an amazing lobster salad, by the way. He's a her fisherman. Dad? Yeah, her dad's really? a fisherman in Massachusetts. Oh, nice. Oh, I could, oh, picture, you ever see a Perfect Storm? Like one of those grizzled, oh yeah, you know, uh, Massachusetts fisher fishermen guys. That's, that's her what dad. she looks like. Yeah, a uh, little breaking news from my buddy Jamie Dupree in Washington. Where is this borderlines on Aram show breaking news and real breaking news? Jamie just tweeted out: uh, Mitch McConnell tells Republicans that he does not yet have votes to block witnesses in Trump's impeachment trial. So that's just in from Jamie Dupree. We'll cover that impeachment trial uh, coming up at uh, seven p.m. I just I, I, this this story. Uh, like it, it brought realization. Like I worry about my parents now. I've been doing that for a couple of years. I don't know if you're at, if your parents are at that age, Deb, where you're worried. Yeah, they're late sixties. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting up to there where you like you think ahead. Like, all right, what's going to happen if if something happens? But I used to have an out in my contract. I don't think it's there anymore, Longoria. That I could leave. It's see in radio, you have non compete contracts, right? You can't go anywhere. But I had outs worked into my contract that I could leave. On, I can give 24 hours notice and take a job in Connecticut working in radio or TV. 
just simply because if anything happened to my parents, like I can't be a thousand miles away. So I had this, it's probably gone now. I should probably work that back in there, especially now that they're getting older. Uh, but but that's how the concern was. Like, if any, God forbid anything happens, your mom's in Texas, Longoria, right? If yep. anything happens, you're going to Texas to yes, take care of her. Definitely. So you, you've, I've always worried about the normal stuff, like, uh, you know, if, if they get injured or they get illness. Or, but to, to think that, I mean, my dad, I could totally see someone misinterpreting my dad's wanting to help to to being a jerk and punching him in the face like that's oh my god am i, am I overreacting long no long? no no i got you yeah definitely i mean you know they uh, young people are going to take old people telling them something differently every time you know what i'm saying they, they may not take it as what it yeah. it's meant to be maybe helping like you said helping them out but they're you know taking it the wrong way and, and we don't know how it was it was told how the 77 year old told the 30 year old right hey, right he could have been he could have been like hey Blankety blank, you're in a, you know. <laughs> yeah, he could have been a jerk about still, it, but that still doesn't. You know, he's seventy seven years face. old. Like you, it's not a contemporary. It's not a twenty five year old kid telling a twenty five year old kid, "Hey, jack wagon, don't park there." It's respect your elders. That, I don't uh, think there's respect anymore. No, and that's just another thing I got to worry about now. But you don't, don't you think though? There comes a time you might not have reached it, Longoria, where the roles are reversed between you yeah, and your parents. Where yeah, pretty much you. Yeah, it started taking care of them more often yeah. than they take care of you. Now, Chuck, being from Montana, I can't imagine that that might have, that switch might ever happen. I mean, I, I just picture I've never met your dad, but I picture him as Clint Eastwood. A little and, bit, yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, Clint yeah, Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, like the, I picture bit. Chuck's dad as Clint Eastwood in uh, Unforgiven. Yeah, like William Money. That's <laughs> that's Chuck's dad right that's there. That's a very that's a very accurate. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, All right, yeah, good. Yeah, very much. And I, I picture your mom as uh, Strawberry Alice from the. No, I'm just kidding. No. Stra- Stra- <laughs> Strawberry Alice was in the broth. I'm just kidding. But is that? I mean, your parents are even further away. Ah, uh, they got my brother, so I don't worry. All about right, it. so you got you've got a bunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he got some he's, protection he's there. He's home. So, All right. so I'm I'm close with the Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah, most nice. definitely. All right, excellent. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. Is, is anyone of the, of a similar mind with me being in my age in the mid forties, where it's it's the roles have reversed now. Now your parents. Uh, who were once the the protectors of you, like their number one job is to protect you. Now my number one job is to protect them. 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. And just your thoughts in general about some uh, some punk punching a 77-year-old man in the nose. Just total lack of respect. 404-872-0750 on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. Jaime joins us in Marietta. Jaime, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, how you doing? Masha listen. When I first came to this country in 1970, my, my cousins, I didn't speak English, and they said to me, you know, the next person that comes by, you have to greet them in, in American. I say, what do you say? He said, <laughs> in American. You say, how you doing? How are you today, a-hole? And I said, okay. Oh, no. I, I, didn't, I didn't speak English. So the next one to come by was Rabbi Weiss. Rabbi Weiss carried a cane. So I go up to the rabbi. I go, how you doing, a-hole? Well, all three of us ended up with knots on our heads. From the cane. From the cane. From yeah. that day, we never disrespected another another elderly person again. Yeah. And that's the reason why these young people are doing they, they have no reason. Three life lessons there, Jaime. Don't re- disrespect elders. Don't respect disrespect rabbis. And don't re- disrespect anyone with a with a potential weapon in their hand, like the cane. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Three exactly. life lessons there. Yeah, there don't go. disrespect the elderly. Don't disrespect men of the cloth or women of the cloth. And if they've got a visible weapon, just keep on walking. Just got to keep passing them by, like the song right now. 
She keeps passing me by. We'll come back. Your call. Sanjay's going to join us with Would You Rather 404 872 750 1-800-WSB. Talk. Uh, it's the Mark Aram Show, 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. 54 degrees on Peachtree Street. Where's my bell? Five on the Mark Aram Show back sweat meter. It was nice today, Longoria. It was nice. Not nice. A 77-year-old man getting punched in the schnoz because he told someone not to park in a fire lane. Uh, and uh, the suspect's still at loose, which is just a, a horrible story all around. But it makes me really wonder my role now as a ch- as a child to my parents as a, as an adult child to my my soon to be elderly parents you are an adult i don't child. consider my parents elderly though like you've seen them they're they're like yeah, no. vivacious and bubbly and, and but i'm worried about them and now i got to worry about my dad getting punched in the face uh ricky's in alpharetta ricky welcome to the show how are you buddy hey don't i mean <clears throat> sorry i have a little bit of a cough okay. um yeah, I went into a, uh, a supermarket here in, in Cumming, mm-hmm. and what happened was there was an older lady, and she was obviously shopping in front of me, Yeah, and she had her uh, purse in the little child seat uh, or whatever. Yeah, I understand. And, uh, and I watched the guy. You know, she was looking somewhere else. I watched him kind of like fish through her thing and oh, just no. take off and run out. So I ran out after him. How old are you? And um, I'm your age. Okay, 27. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? What I'm happened? 40, I'm 45. All right, you ran after him. What happened? Um, He he, he got loose. Um, uh, But she, um, you know... Uh, her, 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 all of her stuff was taken. Yeah, her, hey, hang on a second, was... Ricky. Chuck wants to talk to you off the air. He thinks he knows the woman. Uh, Gordon's at Alpharetta. Gordon, welcome to the show. <laughs> Gordo, everybody, clap your hands. All right, we, we got to refocus here. We got to refocus. Listen, understand. Deep breaths, everybody. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Uh, let's see if Carl and Mabel can get us back on track. Carl, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? Excellent. What's going on, buddy? Hey, so my my dad passed away uh, three years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. 73. Man. No, no, it, it, it was, he, had, he ended up with cancer. But mm-hmm. the funny part of this story is, so at 70, I remember calling him and saying, hey, Dad, you need to move down here to Georgia. Stay with me. I don't have to worry about you. He's living in Baltimore. Okay. So he's like, no, I can't. I'm good. I'm good. So when he gets sick, I go up, and I'm going through all of his documents, and what I find is he's on probation. What? <laughs> he was, yeah, he's on probation. And I'm like – and I go and I go down to the hospital, and I'm like, hey, Dad, so – because he was having trouble breathing, so I figure I would make him laugh. And I said, how do we end up on probation at 70? Yeah, what did he do? And he, he said – he says he was walking. He always walked his neighborhood. He's a former Marine. Yeah. And he says this kid – 20-some-year-old kid had called him an a-hole. Oh. And so, and so my dad jacked him up and ended up having to go Getting to Getting arrested. Was that, real quick, was that why he couldn't move? Because he was uh, on probation? Because he was on probation. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a so, great story, so, Carl. Carl, I got to run, dude. That's awesome, though. Sorry for your loss. Well, yeah, 75-year-old ex-Marine. You don't, you know, let yeah, that be a lesson. That's another lesson, too. Whippersnappers. Uh, we'll come back. More of your calls. A little Sanjay with Would You Rather, 404 872 0750 wsb talk on the Twitter and Instagram machines at Mark Aram. It's the Mark Aram Show on WSB.
and you're listening to my buddy Mark Aram, the Mark Aram Show. The report then is I walked in past them, I just commented, this is not a parking place. That's all I said to anybody. 77-year-old man to Channel 2 Action News got punched in the face outside of a grocery store in Duluth. Just another thing for me to worry about with my folks. 404-872-0750. Shannon joins us on the Mark Aram Show. Hello, Shannon. Hi, Mark. How are you? Excellent. What's going on? Well, I'm listening to you uh, talk about this incident, and uh, it's just despicable. It's despicable, and it makes me angry. It makes me sad because I don't know a solution. It seems like well, we, we need to be civil. Just, we need to be civil. Here's we do. Here, I was thinking about this during the news break. Children. There, yeah, go ahead. There, I can't think, regardless of what the age of the other person is. I can't think of short of someone doing something to one of my friends, family members, or whatever. I can't think of a reason to punch a stranger in the face, right? Absolutely Especially something not. as minor as. As well, Chuck had, but <laughs> I'm, have to you know, just... yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I if somebody even said to me, like, somebody who's older than you, yeah, like someone was like, "Hey, nice parking job, Jack Wagon," I'd be like, "Oh, all right." I, I wouldn't even think about punching someone in the face. And I, well, I, I listen. I understand. This isn't even road rage. This is you know parking rage. That's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, Justin's in Cartersville. Justin, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Thank you, Mark. Um, I just one of my thoughts about this and hearing this um, when I got in the car listening to your show after I got off work was um, how I, I just really appreciate that you guys are showcasing something like this. I work in healthcare, and I think the 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 incidents of hearing about things like this and elderly abuse is on the rise. And you know, as to your caller, the last caller's point, as a society, when we look at this, you know, when I grew up in the South, the golden rule was in effect. You know, and Man, if I'd have laid my hands, if I'd have just disrespected my elders, let alone exactly, laid a hand on them, exactly, exactly, they would have whipped my tail in the next week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, don't so, even you can't even you know don't even talk back to your elders. Right, let alone you know reach out a hand. It just it just seems like a testament to me that our our moral fabric as a society is deteriorating, and you know I don't think there's just one simple solution. But I will say, as far as a society as our moral compass, you know we have to look to our better angels. I've heard that phrase used before. But I, mean, I feel like we're reaching a tipping point where we're going to have to respond as a society and, say, and for the decent people, because I think from the older gentleman's perspective, decency was handed down from generation that, to generation. Well, that, that's exactly what I was about to say. It starts at home. Like, I was raised to never disrespect your elders, even if they're – and I violated that once. I remember fully one time I, I, I disrespected an elder at school that wasn't a teacher, but it was like, it was like the parking guy. You know, right, right. I don't know. It was weird. He was there just to make sure all the kids got on the right the buses. Parking guy. I don't know what his job was, <laughs> but I disrespected him. And maybe, oh, that, maybe that not knowing what he did disrespected him. Yeah, I don't. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> another day. Let's do. Would you rather with little Sanjay? It's time. Or would you rather with little son? He's the guru, the soothsayer, the truth seeker, the asker of unanswerable questions. He joins us every Tuesday and Thursday, the Mark Garrett Show. He's big Sanjay. And would you rather, uh, just to bounce off that last caller's point, he was listening on his way home from work. You can listen yeah. at home, uh, Sanjay. Just say play 95.5 WSB to whatever smart speaker you got in the uh, in the Sanjay household. So I know you know that. Ooh, thanks. I'm just letting the folks know. Yeah, I know. know that, but I appreciate you reminding me. All right, we got to do this <laughs> super fast. Uh, Sanjay's right. going to ask us questions. We'll answer in studio. Answer in your car, please. First question, Sanjay. All right, number one, would you rather have a personal assistant, a housekeeper, a personal chef, or a driver? 
personal assistant. So it takes some of the load off of Deb Green's shoulders because she's basically acting as that right now. Um, personal chef, just because yeah. I hate the process of making food. Yeah, driver it'll be okay, but with my schedule it'd be weird. This is why Deb's my spirit animal. Sometimes I, I completely agree. Yeah, I hate cooking. I, I just make food readily available for me. Speaking all the time. of cooking, are you cooking uh, for your wife's birthday today, Low T Chuck? It's hot neighbor's birthday. It is, and no, I'm not cooking. Okay, fair. I'm stuck, I'm You're stuck not going to make any of that deer elk sausage or whatever. <laughs> no. Oh, all right, Longo. Uh, so I'm going to clean my house. house yeah, that's yeah. a that that's a close number two for me. Yeah, I mean. But I've learned know. to live in filth, so I, I've gotten used <laughs> so, to it. But you're never there, and you take your laundry out. So Aren't what you possible filth could there be? I've dogged soon? for everywhere. Okay, well that I could see. Uh, Maya you bought, don't seem like a vacuum. Maya guy. bought like this thirty thousand dollar vacuum <laughs> to get rid of all the dog hair in my house. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Next question, Sanjay. All right, number two. Would you rather eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich with extra thick crust or a pizza with no toppings at all, just sauce? Pizza with no toppings. I, I eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I would throw up on the counter. Pizza with no toppings. Chuck? Oh, definitely pizza with no toppings. Pizza with no toppings. Yeah. Next question, Sanjay. Wow. All right. Would you <laughs> wow. rather work 24 hours in a row once a week or 10 hours a day for three days a week? Same salary. Oh, 24 However, hours. Bad it is. Hells yeah. 24 hours one day. We've done poker sessions like that, Sanjay. I could handle that no oh, problem. Easily. What is yeah. 24 hours? What is it again? 24 hours, one day a week, yeah. or 10 hours a day, how many days a week? Three. Three. Oh, Three yeah, just give me 24 hours. Yeah. I can just get not, a lot of recording Oh, done. you have a six-day yeah. weekend every weekend, no, like living the, the life of Chuck. Give me the three days. Yeah? I'm not working 24 hours in a row. You'll you have nuts? six days off to- Yeah, but he doesn't do anything. He'll be bored take, after the first five hours. I take mostly hours. six days off anyway. What's the difference? I might as well just pretend I work for three days instead of one. All and right. I can at least go to bed at a normal hour. Uh, long go. I'll do 24 hours. You yeah. guys are yeah. nuts. Yeah. Well, listen, while you're working your three days at yeah. the Revenant, Longoria and I are going to be at the beach six <laughs> yeah. days a week. Hell yeah. Sanjay, you want to hang out through the break? Ask us some more? I yeah. got two more. I can wait. Yeah, let's yeah. let's go. I want I want to hear. Sanjay's on a roll today. Plus, we got Russ in Gainesville, so uh, some fun stuff coming back. And your thoughts on the 77 year old punched in the uh, schnoz outside of a Duluth supermarket? What is going on in this world? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB Talk. It's the Mark Aram Show on WSB. Welcome back to the Mark Aram Show. 7 p.m. We're going to flip the switch in the Cox Media Group Radio Network. The conservative Viking and Bill Crane will join me with an impeachment trial recap. Big happenings today on the Senate floor. Let's finish up Would You Rather with our buddy Little Sanjay. Excuse me, Big Sanjay. What's the next question there, Sanj? All right, number four. If you were going to be knocked out, would you rather see it coming or be surprised? Be surprised. Yeah, this happens all the time at concerts. Be surprised. Be surprised. Deb Green. I got. We need video of Deb Green at a concert, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she comes back with bruises and cuts. Concussions. concussions. Chuck, knocked out or uh, by surprise or see it coming? I've had both. And the one time it happened when I was surprised, I ended up having to have my face put back together. Oh, no. I've well, got titanium plates. and. Well, I know. Was that, for, that was from that mule kick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> Did not see the no, mule I'd kick. No, I'd rather see it coming. All right, really? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, ignorance is bliss. Don't no, I? Yeah, I'd rather trust me. You want to yeah. see it coming? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to <laughs> see Charles Kinney ball up his fist <laughs> and pop you in the face yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Outside of a supermarket in Duluth? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I told him to move out of yeah, the... Get, yeah. a, get that engineering truck out of that fire lane. <laughs> yeah, bam. <laughs> Next question, Sanjay. All right, this is it. Would you rather sacrifice the whole world to save the person you love, a.k.a. Maya, or... Sacrifice the person you love 
to save the whole world. You got to do part B, right? Like, let's say, I mean, no offense, Maya, but if if I don't sacrifice her, you lose your son. Longoria loses his daughters. Chuck loses Walter's daughter. We're all dead, I mean, so who cares? <laughs> what? We're all dead, so who cares? <laughs> Not okay, like we're you losing lose me any... too, and you lose. Yeah, like we're all and... like it doesn't make any difference because we're all gonna die. It's not like you get it. We're. But then it's just me, wow. and it's just then, me. Then it's just you two. That's but it. that, and then I had the guilt of like, oh, I just killed seven well, million people, start, seven start, billion people you know, to save you. Eh. Start uh, population. Adam and Eve. Again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Mark and <laughs> no, it's too much responsibility. Yeah, I'm too. I'm too lazy. <laughs> if you were Adam, if you were Adam, we would never would be here, to, right? If I was the last man on Earth, I'd have to start farming. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, not yeah, I, no, I'm way too lazy. Short civilization. Yeah, no yeah, sorry, sorry, Maya, but I'm saving, I'm saving the rest of the world. There's a lot of bad people in the world that nobody else would miss. I'd be okay with just me and one other person. Just, just yo, you're not even saying her husband. Yeah. Just me <laughs> and one, one other person. One, one other rando. Person I love, just me right? and Steve Craig. Yeah, it is the person you love. It doesn't have to be. Uh, yeah, whatever. I Whoever so. you want to pick, Deb Green. I don't know. Russ, you going to pick Russ and Gainesville? Sure, well, why not? You could repopulate the planet, you <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Low T. Here's why I have to pick the planet over Hot Neighbor. Okay. Is because I need things to continue to work. Exactly. I I, I can't keep up infrastructure. I don't exactly. know how the internet works and who flips the switch. I don't know any of this stuff. I need other people to handle all the things that make my life easier. So the last I love my wife, the, but I, the last I, two I need people my on the amenities. planet. That's that's pressure, man. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, 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 I can't do that. Yeah, the lights would be off in ten minutes. The water, no. no yeah, Shlongo. Let's bring on the challenge. I'll be the last two people. It'd be kind of like the movie with Will Smith. Yeah, where he it was just him and his I dog. Am legend. Yeah, yeah le- I am legend. Yeah, where he like. So it won't be work. just like your dog, but, but he, yeah. but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, hey, listen, if you want your dog, but he would like, he survived. I mean, he'd hunt deer, mm-hmm. so you'd be good with that. Yeah. But he went into the blockbuster store and rented video still. He just had that, you gotta have a generator. Yeah. And you gotta have access to gas. Yeah. I mean, just... you could survive, Chuck. I, I mean, I could figure I think out, out of all of us, he would survive yeah. longer than yeah. any of I'm us. I'm not would. saying that. I'm saying you're too <laughs> you're lazy. Asking, I'm, exactly. Yeah. Who do you think would go first, me or you? Die first? Yeah. Like, if we were all just the last. Four people on the earth. I would. I would so? die first. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? 100%. I don't think so. Hundred percent. No survival skills whatsoever. Limited. I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> He's like okay. that naked and afraid, but it's zero, zero. Chuck, I send my laundry <laughs> out to get oh, you're right. clean. Okay, you're right. Picture you're me right. in a creek. Yeah. <laughs> trying to wash trying to my wash sweatshirt. Yeah. That would. I would be. The, <laughs> I would definitely be the first one of us to die in an Armageddon right. situation. You have permission to eat my body, by the way. I have, I have no ill will on that. Uh, Sanjay, great job as always. He is the official accountant. Of the Mark Aram Show, he is on uh, Twitter at Silky the Luckbox on Facebook. Brass Tax Accounting and Brass dot Tax is the website. Uh, good job today, Sanjay. Thanks, buddy. And you're welcome. I saved your son. I I, I sacrificed the love <laughs> of my life to save your son. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, Russ joins us in Gainesville. Russ, real quick, right, Russell, what's going on in your world, buddy? I am standing in a restaurant bathroom in the dark. What? Door locked. You're going to get a... Why well, is the light you, off? I'm, I'm in the... Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, why is the light off? Okay. Well, when you turn the switch on, this fan comes on. It's oh, loud. so loud. You're going to get arrested yeah. because of this, Russ. Real quick, <laughs> who are you with? We got we got 20 seconds. Who are you with today? Well, uh, Karen is telling me she loves me. I don't know. I've heard that a hundred times. Was that the, was that the tattoo girl? girl? 
No, no, this is a girl I met in the hospital. Karen, put her on the calendar. Karen. I think I have Karen. All right, get out of the bathroom before you get arrested, Russ. We'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All right, bye. All right, there you go. Russ in a dark bathroom in a restaurant. Spells trouble. He's about to get punched in the nose. Uh, especially he's in the family bathroom, like the changing room. <laughs> I doubt where uh, he's so at. I, I doubt wherever he is at does not have a family restaurant. <laughs> I can guarantee that. <laughs> when we come back, news, weather, and traffic, and then our impeachment coverage continues on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Eric Erickson will join us, J.B. Dupree and Bill Crane on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. The counsel for the president have 24 hours to make the presentation of their case. The Senate will now hear you. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. It is our position as president's counsel that the president was at all time acting under his constitutional authority, under his legal authority, international interest, and pursuant to his oath of office. Here's Mark Aram. Welcome to the show and a good Tuesday, everyone. Seven minutes after the hour, Mark Aram live in Atlanta, broadcasting across the Cox Media Group radio network as we continue our daily recap of the impeachment trial. And oh, what a day it was and what days lay ahead. Joining us on the show tonight, a conservative commentator, talk show host, and uh, speaker, author, etc., Baker, uh, Eric Erickson, Bill Crane, our political analyst, will join us as well. But if you're just getting in your car and you weren't able to listen or watch to uh, see what happened today in the impeachment trial, let's get an update from uh, Sanger Magani. Danger, danger, danger. Jay Sekulow says kicking the president out on these charges would set a horrible precedent, saying Democrats want him gone only because they don't like his policies. He's also swiping at former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton, whose unpublished book is said to contradict a key defense argument. He writes the president wanted to keep aid from Ukraine until it agreed to investigate Joe Biden. It is not a game of leaks and unsourced manuscripts. Bolton has offered to testify, but Republicans are resisting hauling him or other witnesses. Some senators back issuing a subpoena for the manuscript so they can see it for themselves, but only in a secure room, which top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer calls absurd. It's a book. There's no need for it to be read in the skiff unless you want to hide something. Sagar Magani at the White House. Reading the tea leaves, joining us live, uh, the aforementioned conservative Viking Eric Erickson. Eric, good evening. Thanks good for joining evening. us again, buddy. Uh, read those tea leaves, man. What what did we miss today on the Senate floor? Well, you know, the Republicans actually increasingly this evening, there's a report that Mitch McConnell doesn't have the votes to block witnesses, and uh, it looks like... Uh, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Lamar Alexander of Tennessee are interested in calling witnesses. The, the president's team on the floor felt today they had to try to rebut the Bolton allegations because they didn't really do it yesterday, and that was noticed by a lot of people. Uh, so what I'm actually thinking is McConnell is going to spend tomorrow. that they've, they've wrapped everything up. McConnell will spend tomorrow and try to secure enough votes to block the witnesses. The media kind of misreporting it this evening that he can't block them. Well, he can't right now, but he's got time to try to find those votes to block them. I'm glad you brought that up. Jamie Dupree, our Washington correspondent, uh, asked Jamie in the last few minutes, what is happening behind the scenes with that big witness question? Good evening. The big unknown right now here in the Senate is will four Republicans break ranks and vote later this week to hear from witnesses like former National Security Advisor John Bolden. Obviously, the White House wants no part of witnesses being called as strong supporters of the president want the trial to be over by the end of the week. 
But right now Mark it's clear that the GOP is not united though that could always change over the next few days back into the president's favor. So, Jamie, what kind of uh, deal-making are we talking about here in terms of impeachment and witnesses? Well, Mark, you have probably heard some talk about a one-for-one -one deal where if Democrats get the votes to call John Bolton, then Republicans would call a witness they want like Hunter Biden. But Democrats say the GOP has enough votes to call anyone they want right now, so they are not working on any agreement like that. It's really hard to say if witnesses are allowed then how many witnesses might be called in the president's trial. But obviously Mark Democrats want to hear from Bolden, Mick Mulvaney and other White House officials who refused to testify in the House. So what are you hearing from your sources, Eric? You're, you're widely sourced in, uh, in the Oval Office, in the White House and of course in, in the Senate. What, what do you think? Where, where are we going to go with this? Well, this evening, the White House staff are signaling they actually don't think that the witnesses will will be an issue. They don't actually think the Senate Republicans will vote to call witnesses. The speculation is that there are actually enough votes to wrap this up by Friday. They kind of want to be done. And frankly, behind the scenes, a lot of Democrats want to be done, too, because the Iowa caucus is on Monday. So you, you so we're talking about Senators Warren and Sanders that want to get back out on the campaign trail. They wouldn't sacrifice uh, a couple of days of campaigning to stay on the Senate floor and, and hear. Uh, I mean, if they have to, they will. And publicly, they're saying, yes, they want witnesses. But privately, they're chomping at the bit to get back out on the campaign trail. Amy Klobuchar as well, wanting to get out there. She stuck, too. Uh, and they know it's a foregone conclusion. There aren't going to be enough votes to convict the president. So why bother when they could be on the campaign trail? Now, Sanders at this point actually doesn't care because he's ahead in the polling in Iowa. He's running away with it right now. That could change, though. 75% uh, was trending on Twitter today when I woke up. And I was like, what's going on with 75%? So I clicked on it. And there was some poll or whatever that says 75% of Americans want witnesses and uh, additional information in the impeachment trial. Um, if, if we believe that's a valid number, Eric, does that move any any Republicans closer to, okay, let's allow this to happen? 80% of Americans can't make up their mind what they want to eat for dinner tonight. So, no, no not really. Um, listen, if we use that logic, the Democrats would have never passed Obamacare because 65% of Americans were opposed to them passing it. Uh, both sides like to trot out the public opinion polling from people who aren't really paying attention uh, to say, oh, we got to do X, Y, and Z, when that's not actually the opinion polling that matters. And it's hard to believe that a Republican state is going to punish a Republican senator. Uh, they People like Cory Gardner and Susan Collins do have to be concerned, but by and large, every single other Republican who's up for election this year is from a solidly Republican state, and they're not going to make the president mad. If you have questions for Eric, we'll take your calls now at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. All right, so the president's lawyers ended their defense uh, today on the Senate floor. What happens next? What's our timeline? What are we looking at, buddy? We're not exactly sure. We believe that tomorrow there will be a, a several different motions and fights on the floor. Uh, but the president's team, the the um, the Democrats have largely wrapped it up. So they will spend tomorrow mostly behind closed doors and uh, debating whether or not to actually have the witnesses. And the votes will be on Friday. Now, there's some effort by the Democrats and a couple of Republicans to go on and move it up to tomorrow. But McConnell is saying he'll control the calendar and won't do it until Friday. So we will not have this show tomorrow? I'm just trying for a personal I, uh, reason. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, uh, something could happen tomorrow. But my understanding was everybody was going to be wrapped up. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we may find out that there are going to be some procedural motions tomorrow and some requests of the chief justice that may make for some drama. But by and large, tomorrow will be conducted behind closed doors. Yesterday, we're, of course, the headline, we were talking about uh, Ambassador Bolton's leaked manuscript. And uh, that was talked about today on the Senate floor. Here's Trump lawyer Jay Sekulow. Are you going to
going to allow proce proceedings on impeachment to go from a New York Times report about someone that says what they hear is in a manuscript? Is that where we are? I don't think so. He says the, the book should be inadmissible, Eric. What's your reading there uh, legally? Uh, you know, was Bolton's manuscript, if he doesn't testify, is, is his manuscript inadmissible? I, no, it, it could definitely be admissible. By the way, uh, Jay Seculo, a graduate of Lakeside High School in DeKalb County. No kidding. At Mercer University. Yeah, uh, that's where he graduated from law school and I think undergrad at Mercer as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I listen, they could get the transcript or the manuscript possibly. What's very telling, though, we talked about this last night. What's very telling is that no one thus far has been able to present an exact quote from the manuscript, which suggests this really was a leak from someone vetting it at the White House, uh, which means we don't actually know what it it actually says, uh, and that is it, leaving some wiggle room for some of the Republicans to say, yeah, we really do need to check with John Bolton. And you've got Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania out there now saying, listen, if we are going to give the Democrats a witness, we need to give the Republicans a witness, and we would all love to see Hunter Biden. Uh, Eric Erickson and Mark Aram with you are on impeachment trial recap, 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. Rich joins us with a question. Rich, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Doing great. How's everybody there? Excellent. Good. What's your question, bud? Question is, it's, it seems like a real political gamble for the Republicans to allow witnesses. What if they call Hunter Biden and he just takes the fifth? Ooh, can he plead the fifth on the Senate floor? That's a good question. Again, this is uncharted territory, but I really doubt it because it's not a criminal trial. And particularly if he's granted a level of immunity, which they would undoubtedly give to give frank answers, uh, then he would not be able to be prosecuted. Interesting. Um, Democrats, we've heard prior, uh, I mentioned uh, Senator Chris Murphy yesterday said that that's a non-starter, this trading of witnesses that Hunter Biden has no <laughs> has no bearing on this whatsoever. Uh, is there any other witnesses that the Republicans would want to bring to the stand here? The whistleblower. Uh, they want to bring the whistleblower. And, and listen, uh, Chris Murphy can say all he wants that there's no tit for tat, there's no uh, trading of witnesses. It doesn't matter if a majority wants to call uh, Joe by or John Bolton and wants to call Hunter Biden, then by God, they get to do that. And that's what the majority will do. They will tell the Democrats for every witness you get, we're going to get one and we're going to cut it off. They would like to hear from the whistleblower. Frankly, there are a number of Republicans who are convinced the whistleblower uh, has uh, serious partisan ties and they really do want to ask him uh, what level of coordination he participated with Adam Schiff on. Here's uh, Senator uh, Chuck Schumer about uh, the Democrats' demand for the witnesses and, and what they want to see going forward in this trial. We're not bargaining with them. We want four witnesses and four sets of documents. Then the truth will come out. If they want to call their other witnesses, fine. The four being whom, Eric Erickson, the four the witnesses the Democrats want. Uh, they want to get Mick Mulvaney. They want to get um, they want to get John Bolton. They would like to get uh, the former Ukrainian ambassador, and they'd oh, like yeah. to get Gordon Sondland. All right, not not uh, Pompeo or. No, they don't really think Pompeo has anything to add. They don't think that, that William Barr, the attorney general, has anything to add either. All right, 404-872-0750, Greg, welcome to the show with Mark and Eric. What's your question, sir? If the Senate cancels and doesn't allow this to go through, can the House bring the same issue back up again? Oh, so if, if, there's, if, they, if they vote uh, to kill this impeachment, Eric— can the House go back in and drop new articles of impeachment? Not that they would. I don't know if that would be politically Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they would. But, yes, there, there's no double jeopardy prohibition on impeachment. They can impeach the pre – they can actually start 
tomorrow uh, a new impeachment investigation of the president, even though the Senate hasn't concluded this one. It, it, you know, let's let's uh, let's look ahead and and see how we're going to look back on this. Did the Democrats just totally goof by not getting those subpoenas in and not putting this into court by rushing this along and? And now they ha- they have no leg to stand on, if you will, about calling these witnesses. I think actually that it, the Democrats did make a mistake, and right now we're in partisan tribal times, and, and people on the left and many members of the media won't admit it. But there is starting to be a little bit of a sense that one, they made it too partisan. They didn't work to try to bring Republicans on board when they had the opportunity to in the House, and two, that they didn't let the president call any witnesses in on the House side, and they didn't fight aggressively in court to get some of the witnesses they wanted. I mean, it, we knew the Bolton situation while the House was doing this, and they refused to even try to make a fight about uh, having Bolton testify. When we come back, I'm going to ask Eric about the Bolton situation and what the folks are saying behind closed doors about the leaked manuscript. And I want to get Eric's uh, take on which of the Trump lawyers shined the brightest in the president's defense. Expert opinions you don't get here in the Cox Media Group radio network. And your calls, 404-872-0750, You can find me on Twitter at Mark Aram. M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M or Eric's at E.W. Erickson. It's the Mark Aram Show on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. All the senators have heard is argument. A fair trial involves witnesses, and it involves documents. Uh, Congressman Schiff, or Shifty Schiff, as you might know him well, uh, better on Twitter. Welcome back to the uh, show. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson with you at our impeachment trial recap on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Uh, just reading some tweets here, Eric, from Manu Raju from CNN. Just talked to Senator Murkowski um, and asked whether she'd be satisfied with seeing the Bolton manuscript in a classified setting. Uh, the senator said, I don't know if that's possible. We'll find out, I guess. That was floated out as an idea. Instead of having Bolton come and testify, a classified setting, and the senators get uh, to to look at the manuscript. Is that feasible? Yeah, I, I don't know that it is. Uh, they would have to subpoena it first, so there would have to be a vote there. E- even though this is in the White House custody for review, it's not actually government property. They can't hand it over. So uh, if they're going to fight for that, they might as well fight for Bolton himself. I, I, as just as an American, as someone that's interested in the proceeding, I would I think firsthand. I want to hear. Uh, him answer questions and be asked questions by both the Democrats and the Republicans and perhaps the uh, Chief Justice. So, Well, yeah, but, you know, if we go by old impeachment trials, what will actually happen is that he would be separately deposed and the deposition entered into record, and we wouldn't actually have this cross-examination on the floor of the Senate. Now, for spectacle these days, who knows? Uh, I suspect John Bolton would like to do that. Uh, that would make good radio. As a radio guy, I want, I want, yeah. to, I want to hear the mustache talk. Uh, Todd's got a question on the impeachment trial. Todd, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Excellent. What's good. your question, buddy? I've got a couple of points. Uh, number one is that uh, the Republicans and the Democrats were, had equal time at the House to question, uh, to, to question people about the impeachment. Uh, the president was uh, asked if he wanted to have lawyers or have anyone there for witnesses. He refused. I do agree that uh, the Democrats probably should have uh, uh, gone to the courts. 
But I think you may be miscalculating what Nancy Pelosi was doing, which is putting this hot potato in the lap of Mitch McConnell and the Republicans because knowing that they would not call any witnesses and knowing that they would, you know, uh, acquit the uh, the president doesn't make them look very good. What do you think about that theory, Eric? Look, I, I think Nancy Pelosi very much wanted to push this into the Senate uh, and let the senators handle it and make the Republicans look bad. And again, I, I think this has more to do with roughing up the president for 2020 than it does to actually get him impeached. Most of them don't think he was going to be impeached. Um, at the same time, though, if Nancy Pelosi is such a strategic genius, it, the president's popularity today is at an all-time high. He's more popular now than he's ever been. Uh, if anything, what it shows is most Americans aren't actually paying attention to impeachment. The president is out of the news cycle, so people are focused on the economy. It, it didn't work out, I don't think, the way Nancy Pelosi wanted to do it. I, I would say, though, that you know the Republicans in the House did offer to uh, call up subpoenas on particular witnesses, and the majority in the House refused to go along with their subpoenas, so they couldn't actually call up the people they wanted. Uh, real quick, Eric, the defense has rested. Which uh, Trump attorney stood out the best for you? Uh, you know, I think that um, Cipollone, uh, the president's lawyer, actually did probably one of the best jobs. All right. Eric Erickson. He's on Twitter and Instagram, E.W. Erickson. And check out his website. It's theresurgent.com. Always a pleasure. Hopefully we'll get tomorrow night off, Eric, and then uh, we'll reconvene on Friday. So. Yeah, I mean, these senators, <laughs> they need their Metamucil and rest anyway. There you go. Appreciate it as always, Eric. When we come back. Political analyst Bill Crane will join us live in studio, and we'll hear more from Jamie Dupree, our Washington correspondent, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Arab. Our impeachment recap coverage continues on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Counsel for the president have 24 hours to make the presentation of their case. The Senate will now hear you. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. It is our position as president's counsel that the president was at all time acting under his constitutional authority, under his legal authority, international interest, and pursuant to his oath of office. Here's Mark Harum. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's a very busy Tuesday here as we continue our impeachment trial recap along the Cox Media Group Radio Network. I am broadcasting live in Atlanta. Joining me in studio, our political analyst, Bill Crane. William, always a pleasure to see you in in the flesh, my friend. How are you, sir? Good to be here, Mark, as always. Enjoy your show. Uh, so we're, we're doing this just to get you caught up to date, folks. You know, obviously you work and you don't have time to uh, sit and watch or listen to the impeachment trial. So we're doing this show every night at this time to give you a little recap in case you missed the big overview. Here's an update on what exactly happened today at the impeachment trial. I'm Jimmy Dupree in Washington. After originally indicating their arguments would stretch until dinner, the president's legal team wrapped up in under two hours. White House counsel Pat Cipollone. We urge the Senate to reject these articles of impeachment. GOP senators are meeting over whether to call John Bolden and other witnesses. Senator Lindsey Graham. If people want witnesses, we're going to get a lot of witnesses. The trial will resume tomorrow with questions for both sides from senators. At When in doubt, I always make a sports analogy, Bill. And to me, as a sports guy, we're at halftime now, right? I mean, we, we had the, uh, the opening arguments. We had the president's defense team. And uh, now it's halftime, and now we see what happens with the questions. Well, in that the senators don't actually directly request question the witnesses other than in, in a deposition that's private as opposed to the public hearing. We're all, all more third, fourth quarter. Oh, uh, really? We're, we're further along. And if the 
question goes down to not call new witnesses or evidence, we could wrap this up this week. The, the, the question portion of this impeachment trial is, is going to start, and the questions uh, are, are submitted to the chief justice. Who then asks them of the witness. So how does that work? So the, the, the Democrats will write questions. The senators will write questions. They and, ha- and Republicans. It's intended to kind of strip well, out that partisan aspect. Well, here's, here's my question. Do, do Democrats only question Republicans or they only question Democrats or how does that work? Let's say uh, Chuck Schumer writes a question. He wants to ask a question of a Republican uh, for whatever reason. That's allowed? Yet what basically happens is the Senate votes on rules for mm-hmm. the questions and okay. that portion of the of the hearing, and they have 16 hours to decide after the case is closed, which is now, whether they're going to call witnesses or not. So we're in that window. Okay. We're going to have additional evidence. But if, assuming they don't, and, and that's still in, air, in the air right now, then basically they go straight to questions that the chief justice will read out the question and ask them, and they'll probably be, as they did in the House, blocks of time allotted – back and forth between the two parties. If you looked at the Clinton impeachment proceedings, they basically would alternate. So you would have a Republican question coming from the Chief Justice, in that case, uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist, followed by a Democratic question, and they would just go back and forth for the allotted amount of time that was agreed upon by the Senate rules at that time when the Republicans also controlled the majority. Does the Chief Justice have any editorial control over the questions that are submitted? Meaning, does he just read whatever's handed to them, or does he sort through them uh, to determine what— I don't know how far he can go off script. The intent is to strip out partisan intent or perhaps some of the more malicious wording that comes. The Senate tends to be the more somber body, sure, and because they're trying to get at specific facts, I think the questions will be pretty pointed. It'll be things like, what— did the president say regarding quid pro quo? What did the president say regarding what he was, how he was going to release the funding? What did the president say on the phone call and before the phone call and after the phone call? Uh, John Bolton, the national security advisor, was in the room for all of that, Mm -hmm. as well as on the call. So I'm I'm just, I just want to make this crystal clear. So the Republicans and the Democrats can question whom in this question period, like who can they direct questions to? Well, if they don't take any additional evidence, they're not questioning anyone. Okay. They're asking questions basically of prior witnesses. They can ask to see and review documents that have been presented. They can ask the case, House managers who managed the case who presented questions. So they can ask M- the Ambassador Somlin. They can yeah, ask him or, questions. Well, no, because they, were, they didn't testify at this trial. Gotcha. They can ask Adam Schiff questions. They can ask... All of the House case managers' It seems incestual. It seems like we're not going to get anything out of that. There that, probably won't be if they yeah. don't take new information or new witnesses. All right, let's talk about that. What, what, what's your read here on, on the possibility of witnesses being called in this trial? Unless um, Lamar Alexander is one of the four who's sort of announced right now that he's receptive to hearing more, particularly from Ambassador Bolton. Um, he is retiring from the Senate, but he is also Mitch McConnell's closest friend mm-hmm. in the body. So I— Imagine they're having a bourbon about now, having a discussion <laughs> about this. Um, I think there will be a vote. I'm not sure witnesses will be called. I believe the Republicans don't have the vote to block it. If witnesses are called, there will be Republican and Democratic witnesses called. I would have to agree with the assessment I heard earlier today by Eric Erickson that John Bolton is most likely to be called mm-hmm. by the Democrats, but I don't think he sinks this president's ship. Um, if he wants to work in another Republican administration, he's worked in several um, this president has implemented the majority of the policy that John Bolton has been espousing for years, moving the capital of 
uh, Israel to Jerusalem, sure. pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords, the Iran the agreement deal. with the Iran deal, uh, killing the general that was whose life was ended by order of this president of the Iranian forces. Um, he doesn't have his job anymore, but John Bolton will be fine. And the White House has had this manuscript in hand for several days and a month, knows, perhaps, yeah, <laughs> and knows what's in it. So yeah. I don't think that there are going to be any surprises coming from John Bolton on the witness stand. But I, I think the one, and it'd be curious. I'm actually more curious to see what the Republican questions would be to Ambassador Bolton than the Democrats, because you know what the Democrats are going to ask. But he would he would be that firsthand account. This is not hearsay. Uh, he would be the first-hand account of quid I'm with pro you. Quo. The American people deserve that. But what I would also say is I'd be also trying to reach out to President Zelensky of the Ukraine. Yeah. He's, he's stated multiple times in media interviews, and I think he might be receptive to a call from the president to give his accounting of that phone call. Yeah. He was the one who was supposedly having his arm twisted. He's the person who was supposedly being influenced. And I've, I've seen now two interviews and read several print accounts that he didn't – one, believe that was happening and said more than once if he believed President Trump was trying to influence him to get involved in U.S. politics, he would have said no and ended the call. Yeah, and he's he said it many times, no pressure. There, there wasn't any pressure on the call. Political analyst Bill Crane joining Mark Aram. Our impeachment trial recap continues on the Cox Media Group radio network. Mulvaney, another uh, uh, witness that the Democrats would like to talk to, but he is still employed by the administration. Yeah, he's he's actually, to me, much more potentially damaging to the president. You may remember in the immediate aftermath of the phone call, he came out before he kind of checked his notes and said, yes, the, you know, the president can hold up aid, and if you want to do business with the United States, you're going to do what our president wants to do. And there was quid pro quo, and then, oops, realized and walked all walked that back. back. Um, he, he's a member, former member of Congress. He's an experienced White House hand, but – I think he's more of a potential grenade, even though he's second on their witness list. Would he be uh, limited in his testimony? Or could the president you know, prevent him from testif testifying? Executive privilege, once you're on the stand, is not that significant. It's keeping you from being compelled to testify. But I, again, I think probably what most likely happens is private depositions, which we don't get to see. Yeah. And then that deposition is presented as evidence. That's not what I want. <laughs> I'm not, I, I agree with you. As a radio guy. Don't make, yeah, depositions don't yeah. make for great radio or TV, but I think that's the more likely compromise to come out of this. There are three Democratic senators in contention for the Iowa caucuses. There are five members of the body who want to be in Iowa. I, you know, The Democrats want this over as quickly as the Republicans do, and the president already, already wants to start writing his speech for the State of the Union. I don't expect we'll be a full another week. Of doing this, yeah. uh, reviewing new testimony and evidence. Your questions for political analyst Bill Crane at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. Someone floated me this theory that the only reason that uh, Mulvaney still has his job is because of that executive privilege and not um, not being, you know, having some sort of pressure to not testify. If he was canned, like I, I'm assuming President Trump wanted to do as soon as that press conference happened, that, that he wouldn't have that ability of executive privilege to try to prevent him from testifying. We've already seen a record amount of turnover in this administration. I expect a pretty healthy house cleaning once this uh, impeachment proceeding yeah. is You mentioned the State of the Union. Is there any chance this, that, that it gets pushed back if this trial goes on, or can it was, he? It was traditionally and typically the third week of January, which we're in now. Yeah. The Speaker Pelosi, when she gave the invitation to the president, pushed that date into February, which it's not usually, and so allowing for this process to play out. It's possible, but the trial would have to go on for two more weeks. Uh, Bill Crane here. Your your calls at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. Uh, 
will will we have a show tomorrow? Is there anything going to happen with this impeachment trial tomorrow? I would agree with uh, the great Viking that most of what <laughs> happens tomorrow is kind of behind the scenes jockeying on this witness question and yes. perhaps some procedural things, but uh, not a lot of on air in session one to seven p.m. stuff that we'll be commenting on tomorrow night. Uh, Maybe the day off. It might get the day off. That would be nice. Uh, my fiance would appreciate that. We've been going uh, to Jamie Dufresne, uh in Washington, D.C. throughout this uh, impeachment trial. Uh, speaking of the rest of the week, Jamie, uh, give us a rundown, if you will, what we might see tomorrow and going forward. Mark, we are all wondering exactly what the schedule is going to be for this impeachment trial as tomorrow the Senate starts 16 hours of questions by senators for each side in the Trump impeachment trial that will last through at least Thursday. Right now we should get to the issue of possible witnesses on Friday and if no witnesses are approved then the trial could end very soon after that. But Mark, if there are witnesses, the trial will go into February without any question. Eric kind of poo-pooed the notion that 75% of Americans want uh, witnesses. That's that's a big number. It's tough to get 75% of Americans to agree on anything. Uh, does that create any political pressure? Sorry, I didn't turn the microphone <laughs> on. Do remember that's essentially want witnesses versus not. That's want more information versus not. It's not... I mean, when you look at the numbers, which are much closer on should this president be removed from office, mm -hmm. that's much more substantive question to Eric's point. Yeah. And 50 state elections is what really this comes down to. And there's a lot of variation across the country about president's support, but the president's got the highest approval numbers he's had in almost a year. What What is that number now? Is it still uh, it's for, you know, high 40s, high 40s? Is good for the president, yeah. but it, it's, you know, not low 30s and it's trending in the right direction. It's only been creeping up. And part of that's the economy and part of that's a belief, right or wrong, whether you love or loathe the president, that the Democrats have handled this in too much of a partisan fashion to this point. Gotcha. Steve's got a question on the impeachment trial. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, doing good tonight. How are you? Excellent. What's your question, buddy? Well, I'm trying to find out the what's going to happen in the future what, with whatever happens after this impeachment. Um, what is going to do? What's going to happen with the investigation on the Biden? Is, is anyone going to actually investigate? That's that's a question for the Justice Department, right, Bill? I mean, that's that's where that investigation would, would start. Yeah, neither of them are currently in office. That doesn't mean they can't be investigated. And I would certainly believe the president will continue to try to influence the Justice Department and others. But I think you'll see much more of a focus, even though that may occur on the election in November. And that not being the way to block Joe Biden from being the nominee of the Democratic Party. Understood. We'll finish up uh, last segment. All of your questions for political analyst Bill Crane. Mark Aram in studio here live in Atlanta as our impeachment trial recap coverage continues along the Cox Media Group radio network. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB Atlantis News and Talk. Final segment of our impeachment trial recap. Mark Aram live in Atlanta with political analyst Bill Crane. Boring a page from my buddy Herman Cain's book. Let's do rapid fire questions for Bill. Rhonda's up first. Rhonda, what's your question for Bill? Since President Trump has some of his kids working in the White House, are they susceptible to be called to testify against him? Oh, that's an interesting question. They could be, but only Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, had any direct involvement in the statecraft and was has been involved as liaison to multiple foreign governments. Great question, Rhonda. John, your question for political analyst Bill Crane. Hi there. I'd like to ask uh, Bill Crane, does... Uh, Doug Collins get a, any sort of a portfolio to keep uh, Georgia in the Republican column? 
Well, interesting. We just uh, got a uh, tweet from Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, Collins was supposed to go on Hannity's TV show tonight and canceled, so he didn't make that announcement. That's kind of a Georgia thing. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, on WSB Radio only. I don't think anyone else wants to know about the Senate race here in the state of Georgia. I could be wrong. Uh, Anton's up next on the show. Anton, real quick, what's your question for Bill Crane? How is there not an interest, a conflict of interest, when you have four Democratic presidential hopefuls Going against the president. Uh, well, it, it's called an impeachment. And yeah. There could be 50 uh, senators. I mean, there are Senate candidates there. The House could call another impeachment trial tomorrow, as as Eric Erickson pointed out. Uh, they could start the process all over again on a whole different set of issues and draft a different set of articles of impeachment. The way our Constitution is written is the Senate is the jury. So whoever is in that Senate, whether they're running for president or not, doesn't necessarily mean that they're all really wanting this to drag out. Most of them want to be in Iowa right now. Yeah. Uh, the four being? Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders are the big three. Kamala Harris withdrew. She, and she believe, dropped out. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I believe there's another senator from an obscure state who's still on the ballot in some states. All right. Probably Montana, Chuck. Uh, Max is up next on the uh, Mark Arab Show. Max, what's your question for Bill Crane? Uh, yes. I was wondering, uh, with all these... Uh, Impeachment, which is a fiasco for me, we had the impeachment, Russian collusion, the dossier, all that stuff tried to actually uh, prevent our president to do their job. What, and what's your question, Max? Him. My question is why these donkeys are not being charged with treason for all the stuff they're doing with our president? Um. Let me, let me take a quick crack at okay. that. Okay. Why, um, why are the donkeys? I, I think regular listeners to the network or the show would know that I have had serious reservations about Donald Trump's leadership. But I would tell you today that based largely upon the way the Democratic Party field is not coalescing around a candidate and the way they've handled impeachment, I look at the, the, the November 2020 election to be like the result of 1988 with George H.W. Bush with Michael Dukakis. Governor Dukakis won one state. Does that help you? There you go. Great question. It, it took two hours, but we finally got a question about the donkeys. Um, <laughs> Bill, always a pleasure. Um, I think we might be back on tomorrow at the same time. I don't know. We'll let that. The bosses will determine that. If we not, can do impeachment match game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if if not, we'll definitely be back on Friday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks to uh, Bill Crane, our political analyst, Eric Erickson from the resurgent.com Andrew Longoria on the other side of the takeout window Deborah Green and Shane Backler produced this impeachment trial recap we can hook up on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram news next uh, we might speak tomorrow have a good night everybody guests of the Mark Aram show stay at the all suite Omni Hotel located in the heart of Chicago's magnificent mile Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.